Hey Bears fans, uh, Thomas here. Uh, Jim here. And uh, we have some uh, green apple splatter Bears scat for you tonight. Uh, we agonized over the Bears game so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, that was one that kind of felt like it should be rock bottom. I don't really know if it is because <laughs> the Bears have had so many bad performances this year. But Oh, oh they can be worse. This Oh, well. Yeah, we'll get to that, but man, what a terrible game, and there's just so much there to dissect with how bad the actual players played, to Matt Nagy, to the glaring holes on the roster yet again, it was a very, very difficult watch on Sunday, a terrible loss for the Bears, it kind of felt like, at least it kind of felt like the narrative starting to shift, and I think that one kind of sealed Nagy's fate, at least, So hopefully. So, um... Uh, you sent over that uh, that rumor about Nagy uh, losing the team in the locker room. Um, I've I've seen that floating around, but it's not really that shocking, you know. I mean, with with how undisciplined the team is, I, I've been screaming at the TV all season about this. Um, you know, the defense is really undisciplined. The offense. Uh, is just feels like a bunch of guys kind of thrown together. Um, and, you know, the one guy that we we really want to see out there, we're, now he's not even out there. Yeah, and so uh, the, the rumor that you referenced was a tweet that went out about an hour ago from a guy whose name is Jordan Schultz. So that's a football commentator, and he actually does a podcast with Alan Robinson. Hmm. So you'd think he's at least got some sort of a inside, you know, ear ear on what's going on with the team, right? And he tweeted out, an overwhelming number of Bears players want Nagy gone. League sources say he has lost the locker room um, after last year, and now it's completely gone. One source adds, one key holdup, no head coach in the 101-year history of the Bears has been fired in the middle of the season. So you can take that for what it's worth. Right. You don't know how well-sourced that guy actually is. It's possible that's Alan Robinson telling him that. It's possible he has talked to more players. It's possible he hasn't talked to anybody. I mean, guys get things wrong in the media. But to your point, it's really not surprising because... No. Go back and listen to one of the first episodes we did on this podcast and we ran through the schedule and saw how brutal it was. And when you look at this roster, it's a bunch of veterans and it's a bunch of guys that aren't going to be here next year. It's not surprising that players are losing interest in this one. Now, this is the second year in a row you've had at least a five-game losing streak. There's really no hope of climbing back into the playoff picture when you look at the remaining schedule and where the Bears currently sit in the conference. Well, Why, just, to, just to cut in just for a second, how fun can it actually be to be playing like this? You know what I mean? Part of the NFL... Part of pro sports in general is that the players enjoy it, right? And we all know they enjoy it more when they're winning. But this kind of losing is like, it's sappy and pathetic and miserable and depressing. Yeah, I mean, and what evidence has Matt Nagy demonstrated to anybody in that locker room that he's going to be able to turn this around? It's been the same thing now for three years in a row where the Bears have no answers on offense. 
the defense for the last couple years before this year was good enough to hold them in games and to actually give them a representative chance most weeks, but we're not seeing that anymore this year. The defense is terrible. They, you know, they, they didn't allow a ton of points yesterday. That was to a backup quarterback that was making his first start, and they gave up the back-breaking touchdown when it mattered the most. It's just Again. not... Yeah, it's, it's not a team that has any sort of hope anymore and there's still seven games left in the year like <laughs> when when you've got the majority of the roster that's not going to be back here next year what what reason would they have to go out for these last seven games and bust their ass I mean unless you're just doing it because you love the game and because you're a professional but man this is the NFL guys are playing for their next contract they don't want to go out and get injured playing you know bears lions right i mean it's so when, when you hear that matt Nagy's losing the locker room potentially it's not surprising at all to me the one guy i immediately thought of when you were saying that was quinn yeah because uh you know quinn is having this exceptional season um i i certainly think uh i was saying yesterday that i i think it would be fair if I, i'd have to look at the numbers but i think it would be fair to consider if maybe he could be defensive player of the year um i mean it, he can't be that far out of the conversation with the year he's had regardless he certainly is in the conversation for bears uh mvp uh i mean he has really had a very good year and yesterday he was one of the highlights for me. I mean, other than the fact that it seemed like every other tackle was made by Roquan Smith. I mean, it literally three quarters of the way through the game, I was like, is, is he actually making every single tackle? Yeah, it reminded me of that game that Erlacher played back in the day against Arizona where Roquan was just around the ball all the game. But, I mean, that's really all you got is Quinn and Roquan right now. you got two good defensive players. Um, you know, you can argue about Jalen Johnson. I still think he's going to be pretty good. But other than that, there's really not much there to hang your hat on. And the offense is just You know, with Johnson, though, the thing is, is that why would you even throw? If you're a quarterback, why would you even throw at him? Well, they don't. I mean, mean, the thing is, is that they know that he's the only guy in the secondary that has any talent whatsoever. Why, when you've got a plethora of other schmucks running around, (laughs) why would you even throw at him? And, you know, Vildor in his 149 rating allowed, you know, I mean, the quarterbacks are torturing that kid. Yeah, and they know exactly where to go with the ball. I mean... That last touchdown drive that the Ravens scored, every single play went to Vildor's side of the field. Yeah. And the the poor kid just doesn't have a prayer out there. He's going right. up against players that are much better than he is, and he never should be in that position in the first place. There's right. no way that the Bears could have realistically thought that yes, he would Yes, Bears be... fans. Once again, Ryan Pace. Yeah, there, there's no way the Bears could have thought that that was a viable option going into the season to have Vildor out there for 17 games, but that's what they had to do because of salary cap and poor drafting and all of the just roster mismanagement that we talk about all the time, and it's coming back to bite them. And then, um, once again, uh, looking at the beginning of the season, we keep Jimmy Graham, who I think has three catches this year, um, and we get rid of Kyle Fuller. Now, I know that Kyle Fuller got benched out in, in Denver, but the simple fact of the matter is he's got to be better than anybody else we have other than uh, Jalen Johnson, and I, I think he could be out there doing better than Vildor. Um, 
he uh, he at least has uh, he, he's a, a savvy veteran and he at least has some size and speed. But even if even if Vildor was in front of him, he could at least be a better number three guy than Duke Shelley or Marquis Christian or whoever else we have that just happens to get into the lineup. Yeah, and, and with the Bears, I mean, they can't score. We're going to get to that shortly. But it feels like even when they do, the defense can't get a stop when they need to. I mean, they played all right yesterday, if, if you look at the game in totality. I think they got a lot of sacks against Huntley, and they only gave up, what, 16 points? So when you just probably look at the box score, that seems like a pretty good day for the defense. But when you remember it was Tyler Huntley making his first NFL start. <laughs> the Ravens didn't have Hollywood Brown, who's their best wide receiver. I mean, that was a banged-up offense. You you should have gone out there and held them to under 20 points, and they did. But, you know, the offense, you know, only scores 13 points. I heard a stat that I actually just could not believe. In the last 43 games, I think the Bears have scored zero points in the first half 21 times. Wow. I, I, I had to triple check that because <laughs> I couldn't believe that that, that, that was actually true. Painful. In half of their games over the last 43, they've scored zero points in the first half. That's almost impossible. And add another one to that list yesterday. That's just... With with Nagy, man. Oh, oh, thank you, offensive guru. Yeah, with Nagy, man. It's like, man, your excuses have run out. I mean, you blamed Trubisky, and then you blamed Foles, and now it's, you know, Fields not being ready. Whatever the case might be, it's just too large of a sample size that your offense doesn't work. You don't know how to scheme players open to get you even in field goal you, range. All you have to do is look uh, look at, if you if you want to cut everything else away, just look at quarterback. Look at how much of a disaster that has been. He's failed with five different quarterbacks, five of them. Yeah. You know, and and the, you know he's also one of the people that's making these decisions, right? Sure, uh, uh, Pace would uh, you know had some of that in front of him before he got to the team. But the simple the simple fact of the matter is is that him pushing the excuses onto other stuff or other people. Um, or other scenarios, situations, is over. He, You've had the guys in front of you, and they still do not play well. The offense still does not play well. The quarterbacks are still running for their lives with no one to throw to. That, that narrative has not changed the entire time. No, and you only get so many chances. I mean... You failed with Trubisky, and if you want to say that Trubisky was never going to succeed in the NFL, all right, but we're seeing that theme persist now. With and I think that is an unfair judgment because nobody can make that call right now. You know, they, they had that meme going around for a while of Trubisky standing there, yeah, I took Nagy's offense to the playoffs twice. Well, you know what? I mean, the simple fact of the matter is he did do that, you know. Now, he was part of the, he was part of the overall team. But his numbers, if you go break down his numbers, they're not horrible. They're, they're like uh, a, 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 a grade C, right? They're, they're like a, a 2.5 grade average, right? I mean, but the simple fact of the matter is, is that here you are, you've got perhaps the most, talent, most talented quarterback the, that the Bears have drafted in their history. There's there's already an argument to be made for that, and it's still a train wreck. Yeah, and 
I would love to know what Matt Nagy was up to for those two weeks that the Bears were on the bye, right? Like, that's your plan coming out of a bye. You come out and you get zero points in the first half. I mean, and we've seen that time and time again with him is that things just tend to get worse when you give him more time. I mean, coming out of that Steelers game, everybody was all excited. They were like, Fields looked really good. We're going to, against a good defense on the road, we're going to get two weeks off. The Baltimore defense is not as good as a lot of people, you know, think they are just based on reputation. They give up a lot of points. We were all hoping that this is going to be the game where we finally see Fields put up some a bunch of yards, put up a couple touchdowns, and this will kind of be his next step. And he didn't play well. I'm not making excuses for him. He missed a lot of open throws, but... The offense, once again, just completely lifeless, especially in the first half. It's frustrating. I don't know what the answer is, but you gotta you gotta try something new because with Nagy, it's just not working. Yeah, and and to piggyback, yes, I'm not saying that Fields is Mister Infallible either. We know what he is. He's uh, a great young quarterback from a great young program. But he didn't have to deal with a lot of things at Ohio State that he has to deal with at the Bears. His offensive line was a freaking wall when he played there. He had first-round picks to throw the ball to, you know. So he has to, those are, those are adaptations that he has to make as a, as a pro player. But the lack, of, the lack of support around him uh, is not new. We've seen it. Uh, with guys with different numbers on their chests, and it, it comes down to the fact that uh, you 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 made a good point while we were watching the game yesterday. I don't care about Andy Dalton. <laughs> I don't care about Nick Foles. I don't care about any of those guys. The only guy I care about is number one because we need him as the core piece, the nucleus. We need him as the nucleus so that we can start actually building something that matters. And that is the thing that has been a pain for the Achilles heel, the thorn in the side, the, 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 the tight thing that was never um, screwed on tight, right? I mean, that's, that's the problem. Yeah, and... The Bears don't do anything to make his life easier. One of the first plays of the game, they rolled Fields out, got him out of the pocket, and he made that beautiful throw to Darnell Mooney on the sideline. It was a big game. And then they didn't move him out of the pocket again, at least not that I remember. I mean, the... the I don't the, remember. The, 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 the sack, right? Like, the sack fumble... It's once again five man protection with Fields out of the shotgun dropping straight back. What I do remember, yeah, like, uh, unabated to the quarterback yeah, again. It's like you don't, you don't, you don't continue to use the offensive concepts that you know put him in a good position to succeed. I mean, he's a rookie. He's not going to be perfect. He's not going to run the offense as efficiently as a ten year veteran. But get him out of the pocket. Let him use his eyes and his natural instincts, and let him get comfortable making plays. It's if I am Juan Castillo, so frustrating. I am sitting those, I am sitting them linemen down, and I am saying, I don't care if you have to kick them in the nuts. Do not let them go unabated to the quarterback. Do not let it happen. That makes me furious. Um, that was one of the things, Charles Leno was terrible about that. 
he if if you got out outside of him and you got that step, he would kind of swat at you. This really weak like slap, like oh, you've outsmarted me, you've outwitted me, sir. Good jollyo, you know. And it's like it's like, dude. Just throw yourself at him. Who cares? You know, if you get called, if you get called for holding, you get called for holding all the time anyway. So just do something. Don't let them crush him. Well, I mean, they're not going to have a chance now because it probably, at least for the Detroit game, Fields is not going to play. And hopefully, this rib injury isn't too serious because I don't know if I can watch any more of Andy Dalton than I already have. Just. Not that he's a terrible quarterback, but like you said, I just don't care. Yeah. Like, the Bears aren't going to win a Super Bowl with Andy Dalton. They're not going to make the playoffs under Andy Dalton. He's probably I not even going to be here next don't year. don't care. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, if, if you say he's marginally better, whatever, man. Like, this team sucks. The roster's horrible. I don't care if they're running a slightly more efficient offense with Andy Dalton. I want to see Fields develop. Bears fans on on Twitter yesterday saying things like, "Oh, I've been I've been saying this the whole time," as in referencing uh, Dalton getting on the field. It's like, are you stupid or something? I mean, the simple fact of the matter is, is that Fields is our promise to something else. Aren't you fans out there tired of losing every year? Aren't you tired of seeing us line up guys that are totally burnt out and their best years were five years ago? Because that is Andy Dalton. I don't have to make that up for you, fellas. Uh, All you have to do is go look at the numbers. Yeah, plus yesterday, people get all excited because Andy Dalton threw the two touchdown passes, right? So one of them was a screen pass. Great. It was a nice job by Mooney. It was a nice read. Congratulations. He threw the ball laterally, essentially, and then Mooney broke off like a 60-yard run. So it's not like that was some great throw. The other touchdown pass was a completely busted coverage by Baltimore. It was a nice throw. He was getting blitzed. I'll give him credit for it. But it's not like he was making elite-level throws into tight windows, right? I mean, other than those two touchdown passes he was horrible too yeah he was just he was missing guys left and right he was miscommunicating with his receivers yeah a lot of the same stuff we see from fields right so it's not like dalton's uh starting level quarterback he's a good backup that can probably get you out of a game but yeah i saw a lot of people uh, saying the same things right like well they gotta go back to dalton because he looked good in that cincinnati game it's like what are you even talking about (laughs) who cares i mean Say he wins you one or two more games. Congratulations, you're seven and ten as opposed to five and twelve. Right. We don't have a first round pick anyway, so like, what's the point? I mean, just come on. Who? What are we doing here? Yeah, and you know, uh, when you were talking about the Mooney play, uh, it was it was nice to see Mooney finally get some yak. Uh, uh, how long have we been waiting for that? I swear, I, I like the kid, right? You know, but um, his his run at runability after the ball for whatever reason is very limited um and i don't know whether it's it's all passer 
or it's all reception, or it's a combination of both, probably is. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that we should be seeing serious yak out of that kid every time he touches the ball. That's the whole point of drafting him, is the speed, right? Let's get the speed, guys. Everybody's about the speed. We're going to have so much speed. Well, I'll tell you what, the, we might be the fastest team as far as receivers go in the NFL, but we're also the worst team in the NFL as far as receivers go. So I don't know how much good that's doing us. It was weird, too. It's like... Why Why wait until Dalton gets in to finally start running a screen game? Yeah. Like, we've been complaining about that for six weeks, right? Like, the second play, you finally do it. I mean, it's... I, I think it's pretty easy to tell that Matt Nagy probably would have preferred to have Andy Dalton in this whole time because he's probably going to sure run seems the like it. more efficiently. And that's another reason why he needs to go. Um, but... Yeah, it, it definitely felt like a different offense when Dalton got in the game. Not not because he was, you know, doing things that Fields can't, but it felt like Nagy was calling different plays, and that's frustrating. Too. We've had this conversation though before at the beginning of the season when he was when when Nagy was throwing his little temper tantrums about who you know who the plays are going through. I would ultimately the the plays are going through me, you know, and and his. Uh, there was, you know, there was talk also uh, in the Twitterverse about about the fact that it seemed almost like he was trying to damage the kid while he was out there, just to prove his point that oh, I said Dalton should be the starter and I meant it. You know, I mean, what is that? Imagine bragging that the plays are going through you when this is the offense <laughs> you're talking about, right? Like, yeah, I'm the one calling these plays, like. You think you think you'd want to be distancing yourself from that? Like, oh, I don't know, my headset's broken again, right? Like, that's not, I got nothing to do with that. That is that is someone else that's calling those, right? Like, what the what in the hell was the wildcat? <laughs> that so with, with only Monty in the back. Oh my gosh! What? Okay, so man, that sequence where the headset goes wow. out and Nagy's just frantically trying to get a new headset on the sidelines because they're trying to go forward on fourth down. And that's the play you run. I don't, have you ever seen that formation with just the running back in the backfield? I've never seen that in the NFL. I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist. And maybe you see that with like some low level college football game. But I was like, what is that? I have never seen a running back lined up in the shotgun with an empty backfield. Normally, if you're going to do that, you've got two or three other guys back there, so there's some sort of you know potential misdirection, and no one knows well, where the ball. Either that, go, or um, it, you know, a lot of times if you see something like that, it's one of those players who, like, he was a quarterback in college. But, he, yeah, you know, he, he didn't have throw. the talent to make it as a quarterback in the NFL, so he ended up as a running back or, or a receiver, <laughs> right? And so, you know, that, that's who's not, not, a, not a kid who's always been a yeah. running back. Well, and the best part of that, too, is the Bears held them, too. <laughs> and they still did never. Like, so when I always think of Mark Tressman, right, like, the play yeah. I always think of when it comes to Tressman was that Eddie Lacy screen pass up in Lambeau. That went for like 80 yards and just nobody on the defense looked like they had any interest in tackling Eddie Lacy. <laughs> and then the play I always think of when I think of John Fox was the Benny Cunningham fumble oh, on the back of the end one. zone. Oh my and God. And Fox challenges it and ends up, instead of getting the touchdown like he thought he was going to do, it was actually a turnover. Like, that 
was Matt Nagy's signature play right there. <laughs> Headset goes out. He's going crazy so he can get his play call in on fourth down, and that's the play call, just something yeah. that was just dead on arrival. It, 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 it just, once again, um, for multiple games this season, we're seeing a total breakdown from every facet of the game. You know, I mean, I, even me, uh, even uh, Cairo Santos, <laughs> you know, uh, we, I am, uh, yes, I am, I'm not the superstitious kind of guy, but breaking that streak with a 65 yard field goal, that shit pissed me off. <laughs> and also I knew, I don't know how, but I had the hunch that that first kick he was going to miss. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, people at, before the game when the news broke that Lamar Jackson was going to be out. Everybody was like, "Bears are going to win. Bears are going to win." And I'm like, "Guys, it's still John Harbaugh versus Matt Nagy. Yeah, that's like true. that is such a mismatch." I mean, there was a couple other just awesome Nagy plays. The fourth down Wildcat with Montgomery was probably my favorite. But you also had on the first drive when the Bears are actually moving and you get down to third and five and you're in the Baltimore red zone. So the play right before the Santos miss. Yeah. And the third and five play was this pitch that was just completely, <laughs> completely right. unblocked. He was caught four yards in the backfield. Yeah, like. Just right then and there, you just the like, entire the entire defense literally went in that direction. Yeah. Like after you get a n- couple nice throws from Fields, you get a couple nice runs from Montgomery, and you get down and it's third and five, pretty manageable, and that's what you do. Like that is just such classic Matt Nagy, man. Like something's working. Hey, we're gonna do something cute here, and it gets completely blown up. I think my other favorite play was the Cole Komet false start on the first play of the second half. <laughs> that's oh. another. That's <laughs> how, how do you get false start on the very first play? Uh, it's like, man. Uh, so, so again, this this comes back to what I was just saying. Discipline. It, it, there is none with this team. It is. It's. It's just like. Let's just throw a whole bunch of guys out there on the field. It's been, and this isn't new. This has been since practically since the beginning of the season. You know, I think the I think the worst part was was Cleveland simply because I I, I have trouble getting past the fact that they left Jason Peters one on one with Miles Garrett. <laughs> I I just. That is one of those that just boggles the mind. Seriously, yeah. how could that happen? There's no explanation you know? for it. And, and and it's not like, it's it's not even a, a situation where maybe there was an injury in the middle of the game that caused this weird mis- They knew about it the whole time. Well, it's not like it happened you know? one time. It was, <laughs> right. it was, it was it time. Just kept, and, it just kept happening. Like, you can understand if you get one bad play, maybe the defense throws a look at you. that you're, But, like, you saw it happening. You saw it continue to happen, and there's just no adjustment. I mean, it, was, I was, it was Groundhog Day in, in football. Yeah, like, I don't want to go back to the Cleveland game. But you're still seeing that kind of stuff, right, where th- there should be almost no circumstances where the Bears line up in a formation and have only five linemen blocking like they have to have at least one tight end in protection at all times like the tackles are that bad I mean you can say nice things about Larry Borum Jason Peters I mean 
you know, he, he, the fact that he's serviceable, Pace should give him a bonus. Like the fact that he yeah. has, the fact that he's been anything other than horrible, yeah, is a complete gift from the football guys. It, it right? really is. It like, really is. And I, I thought he was Pace. Uh, I thought he was Orlando Pace bad. Yeah, and he's not. He's actually, like you said, he's. He's semi-serviceable. For a 39-year-old left tackle (laughs) that you signed literally off the couch. Like, the fact that he's been okay... Is unbelievable. I mean, think about how bad that could have been if if he was that... (laughs) If he was awful. And, like, you got to... Alec Ogletree falls into that category, too. It's another guy you signed off the couch. And the fact that he's given you productive snaps, I mean, you know, Ryan Pace should be... He, he owes, you know, what little credibility he has left to those couple of guys. But, man, it's been a – it's it's a disaster. There's there's nothing good to say about it. Now that Fields is going to be out for at least one game, there's really nothing to even really be interested in watching here. I, mean, I know. I can't get excited about Andy Dalton throwing to Jimmy Graham and Darnell Mooney. I'm sorry. Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's it, – it, all, the, all the excitement um, that has gone. And, you know, I – I, when I picture it, there's, there's this – there's this loose little core of new young players that that give hope, right? And uh, and Montgomery is fun to watch too. He really is. I, I think when he gets his hands on the ball, um, he's he's been able to really look good. And we forget because he's not even touching it anymore. As Herbert yeah. looked really good too. So that means we have a really nice pairing there, right? Yeah. Um, but. You know, for for every one of those, we've got three guys out there who are uh, not talented enough, uh, not experienced enough, and uh, you know, some of them. It's questionable whether they should even be in the NFL. You know, oh, yeah. And, but we have them out there in critical in critical plays in critical positions, and are supposed to be making them look like they fit. Well, like, the NFL season is a war of attrition. I mean, you, you, your roster gets grinded down, right? Like, if you look at the Ravens' injury report going into that game, they had 12, 13 guys on it before mm-hmm. even Lamar Jackson, right? So, man, over the course of an NFL season, your backups are going to play. So when you go into the season like the Bears did this year where you had critical positions that before injuries even set in, didn't have NFL caliber starters on them. Like this is what happens in the second half when guys have gotten hurt and you need to rely on now guys that you've signed off the street that are playing out of position that just aren't equipped to do the job that you're asking them to do. And you can say next man up all you want. That's the NFL thing. But when your roster is bad to begin with and you keep having to dip further and further down into the next man up, eventually it's going to look like it does now where there's obvious holes in your roster. Like, we said earlier, you can throw out Kindle Vildor every single time. You can blitz the Bears, and you know at least one guy's going to get home. It's just a very, very poorly constructed roster. There's absolutely no depth, and that's caused by years of bad drafting, years of overpaying free agents that don't give you production, and, you know, here we are. And, um, you know, uh, going on that thread, um, that's the part that is where you, you, you have to resist uh, becoming bleak uh, because – it does seem like we could easily be mired in the same bog next year mm-hmm. uh, with the way the salary cap situation is and the lack of uh, draft picks that they have. Um, I've you know read some buzz about uh, you know fans suggesting that 
Uh, we shouldn't even be looking at anybody in the second round. Uh, we should just trade that so we can get mo- more picks. I actually, I actually think that that might not be a bad idea. Um, you know, maybe trading down a few times to gather more picks because the simple fact of the matter is, is that um, they need they need bodies. They, they need bodies. They need a Vikings draft. And yes, Bears fans, they did say that right. A Vikings draft. Why is it the Vikings are dra- drafting 18 guys every time that they have a draft, you know? I mean, do you know, the sheer number of guys that uh, Spielberg has... Uh, uh, Spielman. <laughs> Spielberg. The sheer number of guys that uh, Spielman has, has brought in in his in his time there is insane. I think, you know, I, I think you, I think I think I've got an idea. How about we get the shark from Jaws to, <laughs> to play opposite of Robert Quinn? That's a pass rush right there. If we can get a shark out there, that that sounds good. to Hey, me. that shark's name is Bruce. All right. Well, uh, man, yeah. I, I, there's one other play that Nagy has done a couple times. He did it again on Sunday. That seems like a small thing, but it just really annoys me. His last play of the first half, there was two seconds left on the clock, or maybe even one, and the Bears had the ball like on their own 20, so basically just need to take a knee. But he hands it off to Montgomery. He, why, why are you handing your ball, the ball to your starting running back in that situation? A guy that just got off the injured list, a guy that we, we, plays running back, we know that that position is you know injury yeah. prone as it is. Why do you do that? Like, yeah. if, if you want to hand the ball off there, hand it off to Ryan Nall or somebody else that isn't a starter like even even tony (laughs) romo a guy that doesn't criticize anybody is like i don't understand that at all you're not going to score a touchdown there what are you why are you asking your running back to take a bunch more hits it's just like stuff like that that seems small and you know probably a lot of people didn't even really think twice about it because it was just to get him into the half but it's like why didn't they put artavis pierce out there yeah like what's what why are you doing that and like that's the kind of thing when you hear about isaiah coulter they could have put him in the backfield like when you hear about a coach losing the locker room like i'm sure guys on the sidelines notice that or david montgomery probably walked back in the locker room and he turns to his buddies like what the hell man like why are you asking me to take another hit there it's just it's it's bad i mean naggy i I think yesterday like i said at the beginning of this podcast it feels like that kind of sealed his fate i think i'm pretty confident now that he's gonna be done well and you know okay so that that brings us to an uh an interesting part of the topic right is uh, a, a lot of, uh, over the last few weeks, uh, with the buzz that Nagy could be fired, um, and especially after yesterday, the the caveat that keeps popping up is the, well, the Bears have never fired a coach during their 101-year history. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those things, like, well, we've been doing something for a hundred years, so we might as well keep doing it. But, like, the problem is, right, it's like, who's making that decision? I mean, that's the that's the existential question with the Bears, right? It's like, Ryan Pace isn't going to fire Matt Nagy because the two of them are kind of linked at the hip, you would think. So, like, is it Ted Phillips? Is it George McCaskey? Is it Virginia? Like, let's say, like, so this week against the Lions, if the Bears lose 
this will be probably the last chance to fire him in the year because then you'll have 10 days in between that game and your next game against the Cardinals, oh, right? right. So, like, a lot of times you'll hear about teams firing coaches on the bye, so you get a little extra preparation time with whoever the new coach is, right? So you would think that this is probably the last opportunity if you're hoping Nagy gets fired during the year. And I think the Bears could easily lose to the Lions, by the way. We can get into that towards the end of the podcast. But, yeah, it's like... If you know you're going to fire him, what good does it do to keep him around? Especially when you know that he's going to be primarily responsible for putting together the offensive game plans with Justin Fields, assuming he comes back. Why do you want to keep letting Nagy pump anything into Justin Fields' brain at this yes. point? Like, man, you're here. I don't know what the alternative is if you fired Nagy. I don't know if you're going to go with Chris Tabor, if you're going to go with Mike Pettin, or who who would be the interim, right? I don't well, really, I don't, uh, I don't care. You remember they brought in um, Taub, and uh, Chris Taub was the yeah Dave Taub, uh, or, or Chris Tabor, Chris Chris Tabor, yeah, the current special teams, yeah, coach. current, yeah. yeah, yeah. If that's what you want to do, that's Chris fine. Tabor, right? What. A, that's fine if that's what you want to do. Remember but. how excited though he was at the beginning of that game? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's distinctly in my head about, just about the overall attitude of the team uh, in in that game. And you know, the team needs some kind of lift. And if it's lift by subtra- by subtraction, I'm all for it. Nagy uh, is done. He is done in Chicago. I don't know whether he really uh, is going to come out of this looking that great as far as his NFL career. Um, I think he's going to be taking a few steps back. Maybe he needs to go back to being a, a quarterback's coach. Well, but, um, yeah, he th- this has been a total debacle. Yeah. By the way, some breaking news. Sounds like it will be Dalton starting Thursday. So, happy Thanksgiving to everybody there. <laughs> Andy Dalton versus Tim Boyle. But, yeah, I mean, nobody would hire Matt Nagy to be an offensive coordinator, I don't think. No. And I don't think he'd get another head coaching job right away. No. So I don't really know what's next for him. But Maybe he'll go to college. Yeah, I could see him being like the kind of guy that goes and coaches under like Nick Saban for a year. Like Saban always brings in the coaches that just got fired, and that's kind of their career reclamation is working on his staff for a year or two. I could see that. I could see him going back to Kansas City and working under Andy Reid. But, you know, whatever. He's made enough money here. I don't, and I'm not going to feel too bad for him no matter yeah. what happens. But, um it's kind of funny because it kind of does sound like the dam is starting to break, if you will. Like I'm just kind of scrolling through Twitter now, and I saw another tweet from somebody that had a blue check mark that just said, rumor has it that a lot of Bears players enjoyed the week of practice when Matt Nagy wasn't there because yeah. he had COVID. Yeah. Like, you're starting to hear stuff like that trickle out, and that's kind of what th- – those are the types of things you start to hear when it's over for a coach. Well, he, I'm telling you, that, uh, that, that week I felt like there was a positive vibe on the team uh, right from the get-go. Uh, he, he, there's, to me, this, this coming out – now about the players feeling that way I just I don't feel like that's new news I think that has been there the whole time and it was just a matter of recognizing it but uh, whatever um whatever the case may be if your job like the rest of us is that you go to work and you try to be as successful as you can in whatever it is you do every day there to me as an employer I don't know how you can look at Matt Nagy 
and say, we believe that this guy is doing everything that he can. I just don't, I don't, I don't see how that's possible. I mean, the track record speaks for itself. I mean, we all remember 2018, it was a great year, but ever since then, it's, you know, two 500 seasons. This year, they're going to be below 500. I mean, the Bears are 0-4 under Nagy coming off a bye, which is hard to believe. And what's even harder to believe is three of those four losses came to backup quarterbacks. Yes. Which is another stat that just kind of blows your mind, right? But, you know, okay, so you're talking about the 2018 season, you know. More and more, I put that under a microscope. It's like, really? How much did he really have to do with that? Because the simple fact of the matter is, is if you break that season down, that had one of the most successful Bears defenses of any year in their 100-year history. It was an amazing defense, right? And it it wasn't just amazing defense, but it had good health all the way through. It had this really ferocious vibe because they just brought in Mac, right? And Mac, everybody was like doing the Jordan thing of you know playing off the play, playing off the vibe of the of the guy who was at the at the top of the hill, right? And that was Mac, right? So everybody was looking at Mac. Mac was making it happen. It was everybody else was reflecting on that. There was a lot of things that really worked in our favor. Eddie Jackson came out of nowhere, right? Um, Adrian Amos and Jackson were a dynamic duo that year. But my point is, is that the more I think about it, the more I realize that maybe that would have happened whether. No matter who you had uh, on the walk in the sidelines, uh, that the defense just was really, really good that season. Because remember, it didn't it didn't translate into the next year. No, and I mean the defense was awesome, but they forced so many turnovers and they scored so many touchdowns. Right, that's often in the NFL not very sustainable. Yeah, I mean, and they talked about it that season. They, to to expect this to happen again is is. Is, is is folly, right? Because it, it just it doesn't happen that way. But that year um, was uh, similar to similar to the uh, 06 team. You know, I mean, that defense for that year was ferocious. Except when we lost Mike Brown and Tommy Harris going into the Super Bowl. Uh, to me, uh, that team does not lose that Super Bowl. Both those guys are on the field. I just don't believe it. Point blank. Uh, no way that um, uh, that uh, that broken play happens uh, at the beginning of the game with Wayne uh, if Mike Brown is out there. It, it just doesn't. Uh, but but you know that I mean, and that's a lot of ifs. But I'm just saying that defense that year was amazing. You know, up until they lost two key two key players. Well, uh, the 18 season it's looking like is very similar because. Uh, since then, all they do is talk about how good the D is, and I sure haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 there was a graphic during the game Sunday. The Bears have, like, the 12th best defense in the league in terms of yards allowed. It certainly doesn't feel that mm-hmm. way. I mean, it's the, the numbers are one thing, but just that defense just doesn't pass the eye test whatsoever. I mean, they can't come up with stops when you need them. When you, they go up against, you know elite level offenses they've got no chance i mean we've seen the rams we've seen the bucks i mean there's a couple other high-powered offenses that they're going to see over the next few games so that you know that's probably going to be just as painful right and you know a lot of people really seem to like sean desai i mean 
I don't really know if it's fair to judge him with this defense because there's just not enough talent on it. I mean, you've got some really good players, but there's so many obvious holes that you can just pick on time and time again. Um, and yeah, I mean, like we said, right, if, if we're going back to Nagy and we're talking about 2018, that's the outlier, right? I mean, right. the the last two years before this one and then this year, they've all looked pretty similar in terms of the offense, at least. It's a lot of a lot of just kind of rudderless, you know, offensive games. There's a lot of excuses. There's a lot of words that get thrown at the problem, but you haven't really seen any progress in any of those three seasons. Well, you know, and and, and just going back to the D, right? You know, I'm 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 over the narrative of uh, the offense struggles and the the defense is wasted. That I don't think has been the case at least for this season and probably half of last season. Um, they've, they have been in several games where we are leading at the end of the game and they break down once again and allow a game winning drive. That's it. Yesterday was not new. It's, it's, it, it's been half. I mean, it happened two, two weeks in a row. For God's sake. Yesterday was so weird because before that last touchdown, the defense had been playing pretty well, and the Bears get a lead, and then all of a sudden you let Tyler Huntley go 70 yards on you in, like, four plays. Yeah. And, I mean, it was... I mean, the common theme on all those plays was Vildor. The first uh, pass interference was on Vildor. That could have potentially been an interception. And then there were two just completely blown coverages, and I think Vildor is responsible for both of them. But, I mean... There's been so many miscommunications in the secondary this year. It's not fair to blame Kendall Vildor alone because it's just been a really, really depleted unit as it is. I mean, even going into the year, you could look and see, man, our cornerback situation is not good. Our safety yeah. situation is not good. And now with Eddie Jackson out and with guys not necessarily improving like the Bears had hoped, you know, it's it's a very easy unit to pick up. Well, you know, I mean, so we've we've definitely been critical of Eddie Jackson, but I mean, at the same time, we're not stupid. I mean, obviously, he has talent. Uh, he has exceptional talent, right? Um, has he lived up to that full potential of talent? If recent, I don't think so. But he definitely is more talented than those guys. That was the part that was frustrating when I was looking at the secondary at the beginning of the season. It was just like, you know, who are these guys, (laughs) right? You know, uh, most of them, uh, I've, most of them I've never heard of. And the ones I have are way past their prime. (laughs) You know, so cross him off. Yeah. So, so, (laughs) you know, the, the, Guys out out there, we're not we're not just trying to be, uh, you know, the, the whiners. We 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 get it, but that this kind of stuff to me it came to a head yesterday, and it's I think that's happened with a few games this year, right? Where it's just like, what is this? This isn't even it's not even entertainment anymore. No, and I mean, I think. The perfect example was the play right before the Ravens uh, scored the winning touchdown. It was that long pass to uh, Sammy Watkins. Yeah. And so, if you. Yeah, he's kind of good. Yeah, well, it's like if you look at what the Ravens did, they lined up in a formation with three receivers and a bunch set. So the three receivers were all standing right around each other on the line of scrimmage. And the Bears had three guys covering them, but it was 
Kendall Vildor, it was Marquis Christian, and it was Dion Bush, right? Like, those are, you know, Dion, Dion Bush, Bush activated from the practice squad this week. Yeah, I mean, Dion Bush has been around a long time, but he just came off IR, and then those other two guys, I mean, you could probably make an argument that they shouldn't even be playing in the NFL. Oh, yeah, right? pardon me, came off IR. Yeah, so, yeah. like, when you've got three guys there, of course, you know, there's probably going to be a breakdown when you're going up against the top three receivers on the Ravens, right? And I don't know whose fault that is, other than Ryan Pace for not having, you know, uh, an adequate NFL secondary, but... It is what it is at this point. I mean, that secondary is just not good, and teams can pick on it. And, man, I think these last few games could get real ugly because you got the Viking, or sorry, the Lions coming up on Thursday. We'll see what happens there. The Lions are, you know, the worst team in the NFL. But then after that, you've got the Cardinals. Then you go to Lambeau for Sunday night football against the Packers. And then the next week, the next week is home against the Vikings. And it's it's funny. A lot of Bears fans are like, ah, well, maybe we'll split with the Vikings. I'm like, what? What (laughs) games are you watching? Like, the Vikings are so much better than the Bears. Like, a long way. Like, that Cardinals game and that Vikings game are both at Soldier Field. And if Nagy's still around and. That in those games, I wonder what attendance will be like well, at those two games. You know, I, I could, I mean, it might be a full stadium, but we've seen what happens to the Bears when they play good teams, right? Like if the Cardinals, for example, jump out to like a twenty to nothing lead or something like that. Yeah. Imagine what Soldier Field is going to be like for the last right. three quarters of that game. It's going to be a, a hostile home environment. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see it play out. Do you think we've seen the last of Allen Robinson? This is another thing that I wanted to go into. How the, yes. hell, how, how the hell did the Bears get more hurt on the bye? So, like, how did that you, happen? You know, the thing is, is uh, Allen Robinson has just been an abject failure this year. Um, and I don't know, uh, none of us really truly know what the backstory is there. But for whatever it is... Um, the numbers don't lie. I mean, I, I haven't checked it recently, but I think he's at 30 catches, you know. Yeah. Um, he, he, you know, they, they've talked about uh, lack of rapport with uh, Fields. Uh, they've talked about being disgruntled because of contract. Uh, but when it comes right down to it, um, he, previously to this season... Uh, with the Bears, I think he's always shown excellent professionalism. Um, I feel like he has been a good ambassador for the face of the Bears. Um, I was disappointed with how uh, Pace treated him. But this is just, you know, it's like he's not even on the team. Well, and that's what I mean, right? Like, Robinson played the last game against the Steelers... And then all of a sudden, after the bye week, he shows up on the injury report with, I think, a hamstring injury. So it kind of makes you wonder, right? Because there's a couple guys that showed up on the injury report over the bye. Robinson and Hicks, they both ha- had disputes with the Bears about their contracts. More than likely, those two guys aren't going to be here next year. Yeah. You, you wonder if they kind of mentally have checked out, right? And maybe that's unfair. Like you said, we don't know. We're not in the building. I don't know either of them personally, right? But like And Mac. And Mac, yes, we do know he has a, a real injury, right? But is it bad enough that if we were in the thick of, if we were, you know, leading the division or at least in the thick of things like the Vikings are, um, would would he would he be out or would he be, you know, still still out there, you know, trying to make plays to get us to a higher level? You know, that's a, 
we don't know. Yeah, you wonder it with all those guys, and at least Mac is probably going to be here next year. So if you know he wants to have surgery and get himself right for next year when the team might have a better chance of making the playoffs, maybe there's some merit to that. But when you're talking about guys that are probably not going to be on the team next year, you know, you'd like to think that these guys make a lot of money. They're going to go out each week and you know bust their ass, right? But that you know, this is the real world, man. Like. Heck, if, if, if I was kind of playing out the string and I knew that all I had to do was get through six more games healthy and I was going to get a big contract from another team, I can't say with confidence that I'd go out there and right. put it on the line for a team that's three and seven. And That's, probably that's not gonna, new. Yeah, that's probably going to finish it, with and, and I'm not talking just wins. about the Bears. I, I'm, I'm talking about that's not new in the NFL. It's not new, it's not new in life. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. just put yourself in their position. If, if, if my company basically said you're not going to be working for me in two months, but... You know, you're going to have an ability to go out and make as much or more money somewhere else. Like, I'd like to think that I would still put as much effort in as I do every day, but you know, maybe not. You know, that's just <laughs> that's just human nature, right? Like, if you know that you're looking onto something new, and this is as big of a train wreck as it's becoming, I'd you know think long and hard about whether it's worth my time to be out there risking injury to play for the Bears when I'm going to have a big contract coming to me from somebody else. So. So, um, so obviously this just adds more, uh, to the pot as far as, uh, what's going to happen in the off season. It certainly is going to be one of the most interesting off seasons in, um, at least in the new era. Uh, and, um, I, for one, hope that, uh, Pace is fired, um, or Nagy is fired, sooner rather than later i think i think pace should be fired too along with ted phillips but i don't i don't feel confident either one of those will happen also i think that there's a very good chance that a lot of the uh a lot of the staff stays you know it's so much easier for them to go and try and promote somebody from within than uh, to actually go out and get another court uh, another um head coach so do we see something like that? I mean, really, while it's great that Desai, I, I love that Desai got an opportunity. And from what players say, it sounds like uh, he deserved it. Go back to what you were saying, uh, you know, with the with the voluntary OTAs yep. at the beginning of the year. Only one guy showed up. I mean, that's to me, that is not a coincidence. That's by design. And, you know, where, where are we at now when it comes to those guys? Because uh, you have to look at Laser now. You have to look at Desai. And to me, Desai, uh, in, I, whether it's justified or not, his defense is completely undisciplined. There's, there's just way too many bad penalties against him. Way too many. And somehow they're not showing any development or growth throughout the season. It's just as bad as it was week one. Here we are, you know, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem to evolve or grow. Nope. And that's a theme with the Bears on both sides of the ball. I mean, under this regime, who who has developed, right? Like, you can pick a guy here or there that's been a, a later round draft pick and that's turned into a pretty good player. But in terms of important, you know, core players, how many of them can you say that have really reached their potential? I mean, Roquan is great, but other than that, 
I mean, Roquan. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, and I mean, that guy was a beast coming out of Georgia, right? I mean, yeah. You don't. You, that, I mean, he 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 was always going to be an awesome player, but well, he's the number one ranked linebacker in in the draft. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it wasn't it it wasn't a shock uh, where he went. Um, the uh, but yeah, you know, along out along those lines, it's it's thin, and. Um, to me, that is an, another uh, another piece of of this conundrum that we're involved in with with pace at this point. So, so yeah, so you know we we play on Thanksgiving again. <laughs> NFL, we don't need to play on Thanksgiving every year. I, I don't know why they think that I, the. The Lions don't definitely do not need to be on Thanksgiving every year. I'd love to know the thought process that got the league to say, you know what America's going to want to watch on Thanksgiving morning is Bears Lions. Like, you couldn't have thrown anybody more interesting in that slot than the Bears. I mean, and that was before I think they even drafted Justin Fields and that schedule came out, right? So, like, man, what what was the thought process that went into that? Uh, uh, it, it just, it just is so many years right and well normally, but, normally this is one of the years where you could say this is a easy win for the bears right but I don't, not I, this year there's no there's nobody in the league that the bears can't lose to right yeah. so we'll see i don't really have a strong feeling either way I, I if you look at detroit's schedule this is probably their best chance to get a win absolutely i think it's uh, even up at best i don't know what the line is right now but three and a half is it Bears are three favorites. and a half. Bears are favorites. Yeah. Wow. I would think it would be one. <laughs> yeah. I. I. Or pick them. Yeah. I mean, like the Lions. They're a team that's held close. They've been in some games. It's like, it's not really great football analysis, but it's you know, do you really think that they're gonna go, oh, 16 and one because they got that tie? It's like it doesn't feel that way because they're hanging tight. You think they'd have to get a win at some point. This feels like their best chance. I don't know. We'll see. I, I mean, the Bears... I don't know how their attitude could be any worse than the Bears. Because uh, the Bears' attitude, to me, is just in the... It's in the pot. Well, and the thing with the Lions, too, is they run the ball really well, and the Bears cannot stop the run. So, it's probably going to be a pretty low-scoring game, especially now that it's going to be Andy Dalton, right? So, I don't know. I don't really have strong feelings on it. I don't even really want to watch the game, to be honest with you, because I don't care about Andy Dalton. Um, <laughs> I remember reading yesterday, Andy Dalton suddenly remembered he is Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just I, I, I just hope nobody of consequence gets injured. Like That's going to be the most important thing now for any of the games that Fields doesn't play, and it's like, don't let Roquan Smith get hurt. Don't let Quinn get hurt. Don't let any of the guys that matter to this team going forward get hurt. I mean, you hope nobody gets hurt, right? But... You know, there's players that you're hoping to build around, and you'd hate, yeah. you'd hate to see one of them lose time in 2022 because of something that happens, you know, in right. the back end of this year. When right, and uh, Ro- Roquan is definitely at the top of that list, yeah. uh, at least for me. Um, you know, he he has been a, a bright spark. Every, sing- every season he has improved. He was a tackling machine yesterday. The guy is a one-man wrecking crew right now, and you know the fact that he could um, that he can take his game to this level with this environment, I think, is uh, speaks loudly of who he is as a player. Well, and what I like about him and what I like about Quinn too is. 
they're playing really well, and they're out there just getting after it. Like, the amount of times Agreed. you see Quinn chase a guy down from behind or get off a block and... From the other side yeah, of the field. Run across the field and get to the quarterback. Like, those guys are out there, and they're trying. I mean, I think everybody's trying for the most part. I mean, it's just there's just a lot of bad players on this team. But those guys, I mean, it's been fun because not only are they playing really well, they're clearly out there giving it, you know, 100%, which, you know, we'll, we'll have to monitor over these last seven games because, you know, there's there's some serious quit potential here, especially with how tough the schedule is. But, um, you know, it's been a bright spot so far, I guess, and it's given us something good to watch on the defensive side. Yeah, and, you know, going forward, um, I think right now, I, well, I and then one thing, I will be on pins and needles waiting to bring Fields back out on, on, out there because I, I simply want to see uh, the kid out there playing as much as possible. Yes, he has played poorly. Yes, some of it is on him. Yes, he does need to improve, but the only way he's going to do those things is by being out there and experiencing the adversity that comes with playing that position. And there's going to be adversity, uh, extra helping of it, because he's the Bears quarterback. That's what happens. But he needs to be out there getting the feel of defenses, getting the feel of uh, driving the field. Um, It's like you said, he had some kind of uh, a little bit uh, uh, puzzling passes uh, yesterday. You know, some overthrows uh, that were a little uh, that were a little confusing. Like, where where are you going with this? You know, what are you seeing? But at the same time, we also saw him make some pretty ones again. We we need to. They need to unlock his potential, and I don't. I just don't see it with Nagy running things. Nope, I don't know how you could. I mean, like you said, he made some really nice throws. He also made some Trubisky-esque throws where <laughs> guy's wide open and you just see the ball sailing 15 yards over his head. Guy's so, wide open, he throws it in the bush. Yeah, so you gotta, you got to clean that up. I mean, that's going to be part of development, right? I mean, rookie quarterbacks are going to make mistakes. I've seen nothing from Justin Fields to discourage me in my belief that he's going to be really good. So, yeah, I mean, you hope he's not out too long. I mean, it's a shame he's out for this game because this Lions defense is so bad. This would have been a good opportunity to maybe see him finally have that kind of breakout game that we've been really hoping for. But, you know, hopefully he just misses this one. And then, like we said, it's a long week or a long uh, a long period of time before he comes back for the Cardinals game. So that's the hope right now. Um, I don't really have too much else to say about Bears Lions unless you have anything. No, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, I, I'm gonna go with the Lions get their first uh, get their first win. I'm be, I, I'm gonna be there cheering for the Bears, but I, I this team just wow the letdown from yesterday. I they might still have a hangover from that. Yeah, and I mean, if we're see if what is being said about the current state of the locker room is true, where's the effort going to be on Thursday, right? So yeah, we'll see. I mean, I could see it being kind of just a really boring, ugly game, and if it's close in the fourth quarter, do you trust the Bears to win a close game at this point? <laughs> I don't know how you could, but I don't know. The Bears are still better. I think they've still got more talent on their roster. As hard as that is to believe. So I, I tend to think they'll win maybe something like, I don't know, like 20, a squeaker. 20 to 
13 or something. Like, the Lions have basically abandoned the pass game. Like, they just don't throw the ball. If they're ever going to, this is the week to do it. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I am just really, in general, not looking forward to watching it. <laughs> this is my, my best uh, takeaway on this so, subject. So, uh, Bears 9, Lions 6. Hey! <laughs> You know what that is? It's a nice score. <laughs> All right, well. Okay, uh, Bears fans. Well, uh, thanks for joining us again um, on our Bitchathon. And uh, if you want to be part of that, uh, make sure that you comment. Yeah, or reach out to one of us. We're open to having guests on. Last week it worked really well. I mean, we're going to need to fill some time somehow. Because we're still going to do this podcast every week, and uh, as each passing loss goes by, I, I find myself less and less interested in what's actually happening on the field. So, don't worry, we can start talking about the draft pretty soon. Yeah, there's going to be some goof, some goof, some goofiness on this podcast for the rest of the way. But thank you for listening today. Hopefully, this made you feel a little bit better, or at least made you laugh after that last Bears game. And yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. We're out.